Hi, you're listening to God, Ghosts, and Government, a weekly conversation with Senator Kim Jackson, where she'll reflect on her journey as an Episcopal priest, farmer, first-time state legislator, and much more. I'm your host, Sharitha J, and I'm honored to share this space with you. Let's begin. So first session of God, Goats, and Government. So let's talk about who you are and why God, Goats, and Government. All right. Well, so excited to be here. God, Goats, and Government. First, God, because I am an ordained Episcopal priest who was raised as a good Baptist, Black Baptist in the South, who uh, knows how to quote the scriptures with the best of them and more importantly, understands uh, that God is involved in our lives in meaningful ways. And that is often a lens through which I think about um, so many things, including how we govern. Uh, So that's partly why God, because God is so much a part of my own life. And goats, because goats uh, live around me. I live on a, a farm and we have six goats. In fact, as soon as we finish this recording, I will go out and uh, actually I'm bottle feeding a goat right now because he's a little sick. And uh, so I am often thinking about goats. The thing about uh, goats that I particularly uh, find interesting and compelling for this uh, talk is that goats are some of the most genius and patient animals that I know. They will find a way to get out of a fence. If you give them enough days, times, and hours, they will find a way to get out of a bind. And I think that there's a lot that we can learn as we're striving to make this world better about what patience, resilience, and ingenuity um, can do for us in terms of moving forward. So that's goats. And I look forward to talking about my goats along the way. Um, I do have a goat named Georgia. And so I'm sure she will be a prominent, uh, <laughs> a prominent figure in this journey as well. And then finally, government. I am uh, today Senator-elect by the time this is actually recorded and, and produced I will be Senator Kim Jackson, Georgia's first LGBTQ state senator, but more importantly, a senator who will represent the good people of District 41 and really work towards making Georgia a better place uh, on behalf of all of us. Wow, many, many layers to you. And, you know, while I was listening to you, uh, the question came up for me of, you know, I want to know. And I hope our listeners uh, will enjoy hearing this. Can you give us an example of like a God moment for you? Um, Something significant that's kind of helped shape who you are and also build on that and give us a a GOAT moment and a government moment that has shaped who Senator-elect Kim Jackson is today. Yeah, so a God moment for me... um, And it's really a government moment too. A God moment for me was the moment when I was 13 years old, when I I don't even know who the adults were who made this choice for my life. There were some adults who took me and a group of other 13 year olds to a city council meeting. And 
we had our very first black mayor of Spartanburg, South Carolina, Mayor James Talley. He was presiding over that meeting. And so I saw somebody who looked like me um, presiding over a city council, making important decisions for our city. And the God moment for me was that um, I feel like God opened my eyes and allowed that light bulb moment to happen for me, where I realized that this is how, this is how I can be the person that God has called me to be. Right. I didn't know the where, I didn't know the when, I didn't even necessarily know the how, but I knew that the what of my life at 13 was that I was called to make this world better. I knew that was the what for my life. What will I do? Make this world better. And at 13, I had this moment where I got to see that city council elected office particularly was a way to make that happen. And so that is God introducing me to government uh, through this program for young adult, for, for youth. I hope it still happens. I hope that there are little kids from Calpin, South Carolina who are still going and learning about public service because obviously it changed my life. And uh, I think for a goat moment, uh, so again, I'll, I just like to talk about the tenacity of goats. Like my goats, I mean, so they're all named after Southern states and that's on purpose, right? So we have Georgia, we have Alabama, we have Tennessee um, and, and Louisiana and a number of other of Southern states. And, and that's on purpose because I think the tenacity that our goats show is really a symbolic of what you see in the South. Um, people talk really bad about goats and people often will speak really down about the South, right? Um, and people like to say, you know, goats, will, they'll, just, they'll just eat anything. And um, they, in, even the Bible gives goats a bad rap. Like in the Bible, it's like, God's gonna separate the sheep from the goats. And what's implied in that is that the goats are bad. Um, and I think that's often how people talk about the South too, right? It's like, you've got everywhere else and then the South is poor and the South is backwards and it's just all this negativity around the South. What is actually true is that goats are some of the, the most intelligent creatures that exist in this world, I believe. Um, goats will just keep going at, there is something about like being goaty, like they are stubborn and consistent and persistent um, in ways that are really beautiful. And they also know how to take care of themselves in incredible ways. And, and I think that for me is, is true of the South. Like people can talk bad about us, but at the end of the day, we've got grit. We are, like, we are stubborn and we can take care of ourselves. We can figure it out. And we have as a South, we, we will push through um, all kinds of barriers. And God knows my goats keep pushing through every barrier that I put up for them in terms of trying to contain them. So um, I, I find a lot of inspiration inspiration in our goats and um, and I, they really do for me help me remember that the gifts that the South have to provide for the, the larger part of the United States and for the greater world. You're giving me so much insight into the world of goats here. I, I can't say that I have much, much knowledge and so I hope that our listeners are gaining um, something from this conversation like I have a I have a deeper appreciation for goats that I didn't know that I actually needed um, at this point and I, I love that you have have named your goats after southern states and in the words of 
Andre 3000, um, one half of one of the greatest hip hop duos to ever do it, Outkast. Andre 3000 said, the South got something to say, right? And so much has happened recently, uh, specifically with our great state, Georgia, um, with the most recent uh, runoff election that's happened. Would love to get some of your thoughts and insight on what that experience has been like for you. Yeah, I mean, this is an incredible time to be going into Georgia politics. And it is clear that that Georgia is shifting. I believe this is actually Georgia's leading the South in the shift towards a blue wave. Um, and I am incredibly excited. So for, for so long, the last time Georgia was able to elect uh, someone who was from the Democratic Party was in 1992, Bill Clinton. Uh, so for me, I was in elementary school the last time a Democrat was elected in, in a statewide on a state level. Um, for president here in Georgia. And so to go for Biden in November was already exciting. And then to turn around in January and to do what so many people said was impossible, but what we who live in Georgia knew very much was possible, um, which was to win a, win a runoff race. So, you know, statisticians and historians will tell you that Georgians have never won a runoff race in, in recent history when it comes to the Democratic Party. And they always say, you know, black people don't come out to uh, vote in runoffs. And so they've never, we never win them. And my consistent response to those naysayers was black people heretofore have never had anyone to turn out for, for a runoff. But we, we have reasons to turn out for a runoff now. Um, some of that is, is just in the embodiment of Raphael Warnock and Reverend Raphael Warnock, um, but also in John Ossoff as well. John Ossoff is a progressive who is young and embodies a, a movement towards really trying to bring about equity and, and justice. Um, I, I want to note, this is, you know, the religious scholar in me is also excited to name that on January 5th, Georgians elected their first black person who is a pastor and their first Jewish senator. To have a Jewish person and an African-American on the Democratic ticket for that runoff is historical, but we need not to lose sight of the longstanding relationship that Jewish people and African-American folks in Georgia and in Atlanta in particular have had all the way back predating the civil rights movement. Uh, the Jewish community has been an incredible ally to the African-American community for many, many generations. And so it seems uh, so beautiful and fitting to me that the pastor of Martin Luther King's church, the you know Martin Luther King, who had this wonderful relationship with um, a number of Jewish rabbis, that that pastor was elected on the same ticket with our first Jewish uh, senator is is not lost on me. I think it's really beautiful. I think it's historic, um, and I also just feel like it's a really beautiful completing of a circle um, of this long established relationship that African Americans have had with the Jewish community. You know, I appreciate you naming the religious significance there. And, you know, we've checked off a lot of boxes with this historic runoff here in Georgia. More so, I'm also thinking about a name that's been on everyone's minds and and lips for quite some time, and that's Stacey Abrams. Um, 
you know and I know um, as you know two uh, Georgia citizens uh, who voted in uh, the previous election uh, dealing with uh, the governor's race it you know a lot of tension was here and spoiler alert uh, Stacey Abrams lost <laughs> for those who don't know uh, in the governor's race with uh, now governor Brian Kemp but she turned that that loss into what is now uh, a massive victory, um, not just for Georgia, but um, for the Democratic Party as a whole um, and for the U.S. as a whole. So I just would love to get your take on on what that means to you, uh, the work that Stacey Abrams has done here with Fair Fight. Right. So Stacey Abrams is absolutely incredible. Uh, she she did not lose is what what we we now know. Right. Uh, so she may not have had as many votes as uh, now current Governor Brian Kemp received in that election, but she did not lose. In fact, she has won and won over and over and over again um, in terms of her ability to to drive out voters, to encourage and inspire um, to inspire a country. Really, that's what she's done. And she's particularly invigorated the South. I just want to note that I am proud to be the senator for her parents. Her parents live here in District 41. So I am her parents' representative in the Senate, and I take great joy and, and pride in that. Uh, and I also, I want to note that, you know, Stacey Abrams' parents are United Methodist pastors. Uh, in fact, we were educated at the same place. They both, uh, her parents went to Emory University to Candler School of Theology for their education. Um, and that deep sense of faith that uh, grounds and, and drives her parents is a, a deep sense of faith that Stacey also talks about very openly um, and, and has really been, I think, a part of her groundedness in doing this work. And so I, um, I find that inspiring and I think that it's also very courageous. Uh, for, for so long, uh, you know, Democrats and, and progressives, you know, we've, we've had to be a bit careful about how we talk about faith um, because quite honestly, the religious right has hijacked Christianity and, and taken it and made it into something completely um, completely foreign to what I know, um, you know, Christianity to be. Uh, and and Stacey Abrams early on, you know, has been very outspoken about being the, the child of two pastors, of being a, a person of deep faith, uh, a follower of Jesus. And um, I think that it is in her following of Jesus that she has helped us to, to follow into this new way, right? That she um, has really, really used her life and her voice to amplify the value that Black women have in Georgia, that Black women have in the South. Um, you know, she's used her voice to really amplify the role that minorities, uh, marginalized communities in general. Stacey Abrams is the one who said, um, we will no longer only target, you know, super voters. So normally in campaigns, you only send, you know, mail, you only target, you only go after the people who you know are going to show up to the polls. And Stacey Abrams said, no, we are going to recognize that 
every Georgian who can vote should vote and that we are going to encourage them to do it. We're going to send it like we're going to push. We're going to get them registered um, and we're going to encourage them to do it. No more just focusing on the same old, same old. And I think that that's rooted actually in some real strong biblical gospel principles of recognizing that each of us is created in the image of God. And therefore, each one of us um, is worth chasing after, worth seeking our vote for. And so I don't know that Stacy would frame it in that way, but I do think that's a very gospel oriented way of, of, of chasing after voters was to see the dignity of each voter and say, we're going to go get them. We're going to get people signed up. We're going to get them registered. We've got numbers on our side. We can do this. And, and she's done it. And let's say like Republicans get ready. 2022 is coming. And you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that we've got numbers on our side when it comes to statewide elections and we're coming at you. We are coming at you. Thank you for listening to God, Goats, and Government. We love to connect with you. So please follow us at Kim for Georgia for updates. Again, that's at Kim for Georgia on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I know you don't speak for Stacey Abrams, but in understanding that faith is a part of the foundation and what grounding this work um, that's been done here in Georgia, I would love to know what's, what's grounding you, especially you have a pretty significant event coming up soon, something about you being sworn in officially, no longer being senator-elect. Yes, yes. So I, I'm looking forward to, to Monday swearing in. And uh, I think I'll, I'll answer that just by telling you what I'm going to wear that day. A lot of ink has been spilled over the years talking about what women are wearing. I'm not going to talk about the clothes itself. I'm going to talk about the accessories because that, that really does speak to what's grounding me. Uh, so first and foremost, I'll be wearing a stole that um, was passed down from the late Reverend, uh, now Saint, Polly Murray. Polly Murray was the first African-American woman ever ordained in the Episcopal Church. And in addition to that, she was an incredible, great legal mind and scholar. She really was the legal genius around board, the Board of Education. She advocated for women. Um, she believed, she knew that women had a place in elected office in our society that was greater than the, the place that she was being boxed into. Polly Murray was also queer. Uh, and so I will wear that stole, um, recognizing that she as an ancestor and as a saint is with me in this work. Um, I'll also be wearing um, a pin that was given to me from um, my aunt. Uh, so last year, very tragically, I lost two cousins um, very suddenly. Uh, and they were both in their, their early, their mid thirties, um, both lot left their young children behind. And uh, so I will be wearing a pin that came from um, my first cousin, Sandy, who died. Um, and it's, it's a pin that has a group of children in a circle, they're holding hands and laughing and their children, some of them have, uh, are differently abled. Some of the kids are, are clearly from different ethnicities and races and it's a sign of harmony, um, but it also is a sign and symbol of um, 
of the ways that my family and particularly my first cousins of, of which I have many, I, I will say, you know, I am the product. My, my dad has nine brothers and sisters. And my mom has eight. So I can't even tell you how many first cousins I have, but I, I grew up in a glorious, um, a glorious household full of first cousins. And so I get to bring, bring a bit of her and her legacy with me in that pen. Uh, and then, and finally, I'll be sworn in on my grandfather's Bible. My grandfather, this is my maternal grandfather. Um, he, he was a man of deep faith and of deep and abiding courage. The, the first person in his, um, in his family to ever graduate from high school, a man who was raised by his grandparents who were enslaved and uh, a man who by the time I was born, his brain had already been eaten up by Alzheimer's. And uh, in the whole 15 years of my life that I knew him, I don't recall him ever knowing my name. Uh, he knew maybe that I was a grandchild. And even though he didn't know me, he was still incredibly kind to me, compassionate. And, and I think the biggest part of what, um, what, the biggest reason why I'm gonna get sworn on, in on his Bible in particular is because when he didn't remember even his own wife's name, when he no longer knew his own children's name, he could still quote for us some of the most sacred parts of our holy scriptures. He could still remind us that we needed to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. He could still remind us that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And so I spent, in fact, much of my middle school years playing the piano for him. Uh, he would come over, he would walk over to our house and I would sit down on the piano bench and I would play these old hymns and I'd just play them over and over again. And he would sing them over and over again, never having forgotten a single lyric. Didn't know anything else much but he knew those words. And so uh, I was telling a friend the other day, you know, if, God forbid, but if, if my brain, you know, begins to get deteriorates and, and if the only thing that is left is a real sense of faith and deep connection to someone who was greater than me and a deep connection to uh, the words of God that are loving and kind, right? Like the scriptures that he was quoting were not, we're not damning scriptures. These were the scriptures that are about God being with us, God loving us and holding us through. And so if that's all that's left of my mind is, is the words of some good sacred hymns and, and scripture, then, then, you know, I, then I will have lived a good life. Um, and that's what my grandfather did. He lived an incredibly good life that inspired me and encouraged me. And so I, I will make my promises to uphold the constitution on, on his Bible, on, on the Bible of a man who lived his life uh, in a way that was humble and in a way that was upright and just. Such a powerful story. And I can't wait to see you sworn in and doing this good work that you've already been doing. Um, just more so with the, I guess, in a more official title. As we kind of close things out here, would love to um, hear from you what you are looking forward to in regard to this podcast journey. And what, do you, what are you hoping that your listeners get out of this? 
Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to just having folks walk alongside of me in this new journey uh, of being an elected official, of being um, a senator in Georgia during a really fascinating time in Georgia politics. And uh, I, I hope that this podcast will encourage and inspire some other folks to come along the way and, and consider elected politics, or at the very least, um, know a bit more about how Georgia government works and operates and, and want to get involved, want to be willing to, to send an email to their own local representative or to, to when COVID is over, show up at the ropes because they actually understand um, a little bit more about what's happening. And and this is like a little, a little goal, but it's actually really huge. Uh, you know, I, I, a lot of a lot of articles have been written, and I've received a lot of um, you know positive feedback around being the first um, the first LGBTQ state senator. But I am clear that I do not want to be the last, and I don't want to be the only. Um, I've been the only woman in the room before a lot. I've been the only black person in the room before a lot. I've been the only gay person in the room before a lot, and it's not pleasant. So I hope that there will be some queer person who lives in Georgia, who, you know, catches on to this podcast and hears what's possible, sees that it's awesome and it's hard and it's complicated and it's messy and feels inspired to run. And uh, I want to be clear, I'll, I'll be one of the first people to write a check to help a campaign. Um, for someone who is willing to step up, who um, has done the work already and is willing to step up and put their name in to be a senator, um, an out senator here in the state, because I don't want to be the only. And, and quite honestly, we deserve full representation. And me as the only is not full representation. Let's be clear about that. So that's a small goal and this larger goal of, of really hoping that this podcast can inspire people, can encourage people and educate people about God, goats, and the government. <laughs> Excellent, Senator-elect Kim Jackson. We are so excited for you and congratulations to you on this journey and looking forward to having many more conversations. Well, thank you so much, Sharitha J. So great that you've agreed to come along and, and be uh, the host in many ways of this podcast. It's going to be a fun journey. We will learn a lot along the way. But, um, you know, Sharitha Jackson, no relation. Uh, <laughs> great name, though. <laughs> it's a great last name. I'm so very grateful that you are lending your skills, your wisdom, your insight to this podcast to help uh, to help me share this story. So thank you so much for being here with me. I'm excited about it. Yes. Well, that's God, Ghosts, and Government, episode one. Hope you'll join us again. I love All it. Right. <laughs>